And joining me now, the great Adam Cook, a man, the myth, the legend who was able to coach the great Patrick Mahomes all four years at White House High School out there in East Texas. How you doing, coach? Doing great today. I don't think I've ever, ever been introduced as being great, but I mean, that's just what this guy Patrick Mahomes does to everybody. He makes everyone around him better. And, um, you know, I tell all the reporters that get to cover him too, man, he's going to make you a better reporter than what you were before. And so Rick, you're a great one. So he didn't make <laughs> you help make Patrick along that the lines, but yeah, never been introduced is great, but thanks so much for having me on Rick. Well, you know, along those lines, uh, you know, you're kind of, you have a big hand in this. What has it been like for you to kind of create this monster that has taken his team to five consecutive AFC championship games and now three Super Bowls? Yeah, you know, I just feel blessed and honored to be a part of the ride with it. You know, um, people ask me a lot and try to credit me. Uh, Cliff and I have talked a lot about this, you know, and you know, ESPN would call and want to do an article and they'd want me to show them some play that we had and try to tie it to what Cliff's done. Like, look, I'm not near as smart as Cliff Kingsbury. Like, so don't. And then Andy Reid, when they start sending that stuff, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm I'm not there. You know, the thing we did was we just let Patrick play. I think the timing of everything when he came, I mean, you know, looking back at the quarterbacks that we had had at that time, more of a West Coast offense, um, you know, a lot of the ties actually went to Todd Dodge and some of the things that we were doing early on. And, you know, I think the main thing was just letting Patrick play. If I had any role in anything at all, it was just letting Patrick be who Patrick is and let him play the way that he is. Uh, we didn't have the RPOs, Rick, that a lot of people are doing now where they read, you know, the read uh, pass option. He just naturally did that, you know, with him and Ryan Cheatham, who was a former quarterback with him battling for it. And so it was just, you know, and, and that came with the trust that we had for Patrick. So developing that trust. So again, I had to go back and put that back on Pat. I just happened to be at the right place at the right time, man. And God just really blessed me with being able to coach him. Yeah. And it's interesting to me too, though, you know, he was kind of a cornerback receiver type and then he matured into a quarterback. So why were you holding him back so bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we had a young man there by the name of Hunter Taylor, who you also gave a built forward tough, uh, you know, award uh, years prior to that. Uh, All-state quarterback went on to play at Stephen F. And so really, there really wasn't a need to do that. We were kind of in a down year, his sophomore year. Um, and he, we actually moved him up to play uh, in the secondary for us, played safety for us, could have been a receiver, could have really played, you know, anywhere. Um, you know, and so, you know, I don't know, just timing of everything, you know, and you talk to Hunter Taylor now and he'll tell you that Patrick was clearly the better quarterback and everyone sees that, but what he was going to do was going to be so much different than what we had done in the past. And so, you know, uh, I think that Patrick being patient, Rick, and kind of waiting says so much again about his character. I think that that's been a part of this thing that's helped get him to where he is now of just understanding. And Patrick has a great knack for understanding when God opens doors and when he closes doors. And, you know, and the key is to just be prepared whenever the door, you know, wherever it happens. Um, you know, college football coach of mine always said, you got to be ready when the phone's ringing. And Patrick just is always ready there when that phone is ringing, whoever's calling. Uh, and that goes to his character and who he is. I think about his senior year. It was unbelievable. It was so much fun watching the highlights come in from East Texas. I mean, he'd had, had 5,500 total yards and 75 touchdowns his senior year. It was quite remarkable. And I think the thing that really blew me away, despite all those incredible numbers in your offense that you guys were putting up, he was only a three-star recruit. How is that actually possible? Yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, Manny Diaz had actually come in during some of that time and we were talking about, you know, University of Texas and they're getting all these guys with all these great stars and kind of the monster it created for them. And so this is a really interesting, you know, 
uh, discussion there. You know, and he said a kid, you know, in the offseason runs fast around a cone, he jumps real high, and all of a sudden he's got all these stars. And, you know, I don't know. I, I told a reporter I was on a radio in Kansas City last week, and I told him, whoever that guy is needs to be fired. Like, where, where's he at? Where, where's the star guy at? You know, and so, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's hard to believe that he only had that, maybe because of the limited time in which he had played. I think because – of so much of what Patrick does is outside of the box. I mean, uh, we could go on for, you know, days talking about a system quarterback, you know what I mean? And how, you know, you've watched all these guys come up and all they're just a part of the system. Is he another system quarterback? And, you know, I, I don't know how they only gave him three stars, but I think that that Patrick again used that as some of his motivation, you know, I mean, uh, it's nothing like Burrowhead, you know, you know, or anything like that that we just saw this last week. But, you know, Patrick's done a great job of taking those things and doing it with humility and all, uh, you know, and letting that motivate him. But, yeah, I, I don't know why he just had three stars. You know, back in the day when we were covering you guys, uh, you know, and doing scoreboard live uh, with Craig Way, the Hall of Famer, at midnight, it, it was an interesting way to get the highlights back then. We didn't have the easy internet, the satellite, and email and highlights back then. We actually had a guy in a pickup truck that would show up at your games and shoot half the first quarter, and we would pray that he would get back in time enough to get it into the show. So we would save East Texas to the very end of the show, close to 1 o'clock in the morning to get him on. And it always really amazed me because I'd get the shot sheet and I'd see – you know, is it Patrick Mahomes or Mahomes? We weren't sure, but I knew there'd be seven touchdowns in half of a quarter sometimes, and it was a lot of Patrick Mahomes to Dylan Cantrell. That was like an unbelievable combo, and obviously it continued in college at Texas Tech as well. How about that combo and and, and really that offense and all those weapons that Patrick had to work for, uh, work with when he was with you? Well, I'll say this, it was a lot of fun, you know, calling plays with those two guys out there. And, I mean, it was just – sometimes it was just too easy. Um, you know, you say you got it half. I'm wondering, like, okay, so what about the Carthage game? If you got the first half of that one. <laughs> and then we finally came back out the second half. And, I'll be y'all do a great job of following up and covering that up, however you do it, you know, the way you do. Uh, but they yeah, go on but, to win. That's how yeah, we do it. <laughs> yeah. And so – you know, and, and that was one thing I wanted to say too, Rick, not to really go off, but man, just, you know, I appreciate what you do and just like hearing your voice is like, it's football season. You know what I mean? And like, so you guys, what you do helps create this uh, excitement about our kids and about highlighting them. You know what I mean? And like, you know, what a great, you know, opportunity for you to get to cover someone like Patrick, you know what I mean? And here you're telling these stories and all, you know, of, of when he was playing and man, it just, I mean, I appreciate so much what you do. Texas high school football, all of it, the fanfare, you know, the, the halftime shows, the band, man, it's just, it's awesome. It's a fun thing to be a part of. Didn't mean to get off there. No, I appreciate that. That was really great. <clears throat> that that combo, though, Cantrell and him, talk about – I can't even imagine the wizardry that was going on in your head thinking up the place for those two guys. Yeah, you know, it, it was – again, it was pretty easy with, with those two because the talent level of what they had. Now, again, it's, um, it's very interesting because it's a lot of like what you see now with – uh, when Patrick gets a new receiver uh, with the Chiefs, it takes them just a little while to figure out, okay, man, what is he doing? And I think that there was that time for all of those receivers, you know, for him to do that. You know, uh, Dylan's senior year, Patrick was still kind of battling it out. And so, you know, early on, he and Ryan Cheatham were splitting time in the first few games. And so, I mean, that kind of adds to that. 
And but man, once they finally got on, I mean, it was something very special, you know, because Dylan, you know, he had the vertical and things that he could do where he could go up and get it. He was such a big body, you know, the I mean when he ran his out routes and all. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and at the end of the day, Rick, that's what it's about. It's about getting the ball to the playmakers. And Patrick understood that. And here comes this kid who can run the ball, you know, he's kind of deceptively fast, you know, when you watch him run. Um, but he 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 kills you with that play down the field. You know, I was listening to Nagy the other day talk a little bit about it, and he talked about how um when he and Patrick are visiting, they're talking about the difference in being reckless and being ruthless. And so when Patrick's extending a play, I mean, that so defines him. He's ruthless. And when those receivers like Dylan figure out, okay, man, he, he's going this way, I better go the other way, you know, then, I mean, what a great, you know, combo those two guys made, you know. And then the next year you got Jake Parker. Um, you talked about Joey McGuire earlier, catches, you know, coaches in the last Texas High School Coaches Association football game. And Jake Parker was the MVP of that game on the offensive side of the ball, and which was one of Patrick's receivers and all. You know, I mean, just crazy how – you know, one thing I've learned too through this, Rick, is it's just a small world. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a small world. Um, and athletics is really this ride with Patrick's taught me that. Patrick, uh, what an unbelievable athlete. Obviously, you can see it every single Sunday. Uh, but when he was down on the high school level, he was playing football, basketball, and baseball. And he was a star in all three of these sports. He went to Texas Tech and tried to do baseball and football. And of course he had that 16 strikeout, no hitter on the high school level as a pitcher, um, you know, and his dad was a major league pitcher. Were you a little surprised that football ended up being his sport or did you know then that football was going to be it? I, I mean, I, I didn't know then what it was going to be again. It goes, it went back to Rick, what doors were going to open up. Um, Sam and I, my oldest son actually went to Kansas city to, in November to watch the Jaguars play. Uh, against the Chiefs, and uh, we actually sat down with uh, one of the reporters, uh, Vahe Gregorian. He works there for the Star, the Kansas City Star, and we had lunch with him one day, and it was really a blast for him to get to sit there and pick kind of Sam's brain as this young kid that's on the sideline running up and down, and he was he was kind of in between being the ball boy on anyway, so uh, we're visiting with him, um, and we're talking about, you know, uh, Patrick. Um, boy, I've lost my train of thought there. Um, what was the question again? Oh, yeah, just about him, you know, deciding whether or not he would be a football player, uh, you know, because he had all these options, obviously, uh, being such a star at White House, uh, playing football, basketball, baseball. So we're sitting there talking, okay, and he's he's sharing these stories, and um, he's asking different things, and I would give some kind of characteristic about, man, Patrick always, he said, you know what, that reminds me of the story when I talked to his college roommate at Texas Tech, and he says that they pull up there, you know, to the uh, his parents, they have everything there and they hadn't loaded it up. They still got it in the car and they're waiting. It's on draft day. And so then all of a sudden, you know, the draft goes on and then finally it's kind of determined when he's going to be. And then all of a sudden Patrick and the family bring all the stuff in there and it's like nothing happened. And he said, the, I don't even remember who the roommate was, but he said, there's our quarterback right there, you know, but he came in. I think he just has this, the way of like where he was just waiting to see what opportunity came. I always knew that it was going to be um, a business move, you know, something that if financially it helped him out, he would go do that. His mom always wanted him to go to college. Um, the thing that I've always seen, Rick, and, and you know, 
there's nothing like playing quarterback. Nothing. I mean, there's no other sport. There's no other position where you're you're the general, you know. And to watch Patrick on a football field lead other young players, you know what I mean, at a young age, I knew he'd love that aspect of it. When it gave him that in the competition and the way that he's been able to now figure out how to put football and baseball and basketball, I mean, all of those kind of together in the way that he plays the game. Um, you know, it's easy now looking back to see, yes, he was going to go the football route, but I really, you know, I didn't know. I, I didn't know how high he was going to go in the draft. There was a lot of speculation there where he's going to be. I know that every, you know, game that he played in, you know, there's 20, 30 scouts there watching him play. And so it's just a matter of, you know, what opportunity is it there that he's going to have? And again, I think when those doors opened up, Patrick took them and Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury, that was the door that opened up for him. And, um, you know, man, what a door. He's been tearing it down ever since, he, you know, he broke into that door. Seems like every time he's out there, he's making history. And, uh, you know, I look at that AFC championship game and, you know, people marvel at him at how he was able to will his team to victory, and he's doing so on one leg. But you saw that perseverance back in high school, didn't you? Yes, sir, we did. You know, he played with a fractured foot, I think it was. I remember my brother reached out to me the other day. So my brother was the offensive coordinator, and he was the line coach before he coached Patrick. So the Patrick's senior year, he actually caught all the plays. Brad's an athletic director now in California at Oaks Christian. I actually got to fly out. That's one of the good things about me stepping back now is I actually got to fly out in October and watch one of his games. First time I'd ever been around California. And I'll say this, there were some really good athletes out there, but they, people in California understand Texas football. And it goes back to the fanfare, people like you that hype it up, the bands that we have, and there's nothing like it in America. And so anyway, so Brad texted me the other day and he's wanting to know, he said, hey, what was that injury? I said, Brad, I don't, I think it was a fracture that he had on his foot. You know, and he was in a boot one day, he went through basketball, played on the, the hardwood. And <laughs> so to see him in that game, the week before when he gets hurt and he doesn't want to go in, let them check him out, man, that was so bad. The competitor that he is and how he he's going to fight through that pain. And, you know, so that was nothing, uh, you know, that we hadn't seen before here in White House watching him play. He's just a great competitor. And if he can fight through it, he understands the difference, you know, and you, as coaches, you talk about that, understand the difference in an injury and pain. And, you know, he definitely understands that. And he's going to get out there. If he's got any breath in his body and he's got one leg he can hop on like Tony did when he caught that first touchdown pass for him, you know, and that's what he's going to do is he's going to get out there and going to compete. I can't even imagine playing basketball on a fractured leg. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty amazing. It's, yeah. it's pretty – and I love the way he talks the coaches. And, no, I'm playing. They're like, well, we got to pretend – no, no, I'm playing. He wants to lead his team. And that's another quality that I really love in Patrick is it's not easy for a young guy to come into the NFL and immediately be a leader and lead men, guys that are, you know, 10, 15 years older than him. How do you think he was able to do that? And did you see those kind of leadership qualities when he was at White House? No doubt. You know, I've told people before now, again, I'm not real good with social media. You and I talking about pictures, man, that's all these kids do is they take pictures. I mean, that's how they keep up with one another, you know, with Instagram and all these different things. And I've got to get better at that. Um, but I bring that up to say that, you know, Patrick would come in and tell me, hey, coach, it's so-and-so's birthday today. So when we're together in the huddle, either before or after, we're going to make sure we say, you know, happy birthday. And he's all, he's just, I don't know, he's always had that. Um, to watch him when a kid is struggling with something, um, made a bad play and to watch him come over there and pick them up, but then yet to watch him come over also and get on to them when they need to get on to. Um, I have, 
often wondered, you know, and I've picked Big Pat's brain, you know, a lot of times about what did he see, you know, when he was hanging out with you in the clubhouse and when he was watching these baseball players, something he saw, you know, uh, LaTroy Hawkins gets a whole lot of credit, you know, when you talk to their family. And, I mean, he, Patrick saw something, Rick. I mean, they, when you see him leading like that, like he watched it, he saw it, and he picked up on it on a young age. Um, and that's the thing about Patrick. He is the – he epitomizes a professional athlete. He's a professional about, and he's always been that way and always conducted himself in that way. And I mean, it's, it's a great leader of men. And I mean, it's, it's amazing to watch. It's fun to watch. I, I actually go back and I'm like, I mean, I've gone back and watched film and try to figure out hey, what was Patrick doing here? What was he thinking here? Well, you know, when we did try to open up to the RPOs, uh, his leadership stuff is something else that I've looked back and been like, man, I remember when he did this and did that. And, uh, but a true leader of men. Yeah, really fun to watch. And, you know, you think about this uh, three-star athlete who goes on to sign on with Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech and, and play his college ball. And, you know, Cliff obviously had lightning in a bottle with Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel at a Kerrville Tyvee, um, you know, when he was an assistant at Texas A&M. Uh, what did he see in Patrick that others didn't? And, and why do you think it was such a good fit uh, at Texas Tech? Because they broke a lot of records out there. Yeah, you know, I've been asked this this question a lot. You know, what did he see? I think that having worked with Johnny did kind of open up to, you know, um, the extending the play um, and letting those guys do that and letting them, you know, play to their strengths. Um, but then I also think that some of it had to do with just being a young head coach and not to be critical by any means. And I've shared this with people, you know, um, it's so funny to kind of look back and see all right, what's going on with a lot of these schools. The transfer portal changes a whole lot of things now um, as far as regards of these, the guy getting a quarterback, getting your guy. It's a little bit easier now to get than what it was at that time. Um, so many of the baseball guys Rick had, you know, committed to a school, signed, and then they get drafted, and now they're not playing. Um, they come back when they're 24, 25 years old, you know, or whatever. And so I think that had something to do with it. But I think that he saw – what Patrick was doing coupled with what Johnny had done with him. Uh, and he's like, this is it. His youth as a head coach, his, um, he was able to go all in. Whereas other ones who had been jaded and, you know, kind of got burned, he didn't go through that, you know, and it worked out for him. And I can remember, you know, going in and visiting with Cumby, uh, took our staff there during the off season to kind of go over some offensive stuff when he was there. And Sonny sat there with us all day long for two days straight just showed us film after film, you know, and kind of looking at things that we could add and tweak but going into, you know, Patrick's senior year. And um, I, I remember, uh, you know, them talking about taking all of the other quarterbacks off of the board, you know, once Patrick had committed and he just, he went all in. And um, I think that while I think that he did see some things there, um, going back to Johnny, that were different that he was okay with, you know, not the old school, hey, man, he's got a one, two, three ball, this thing, or else we're in a, you know, whatever. Um, but then I also think just his youth and his, I mean, he didn't have anything to lose, you know. And so, like, I mean, it's his first deal, and he went after him, and he saw it. And uh, he came and used every visit he could to see Patrick. He was there watching him play basketball games, and he made sure that he maintained that relationship. And uh, he, he was great through the recruiting process for Patrick. And, you know, Patrick made that decision. And, again, that's the thing. When Patrick makes a decision, you know, he's all in, you know, and he's not going to leave. And, um, you know, but uh, I, I don't know if Pat – if if he – if 
how much of it is that Cliff saw what other people didn't see? I think it was Cliff's willingness to, hey, I'm taking a chance on this. And Cliff identifying that's the guy that I want and going and getting him. Yeah, and the thing that really impressed me, too, is the fact that, you know, yeah, he throws up the huge numbers. It's easy to look at the touchdowns and the passing yards, but the way he does it, I mean, the, the fact that you can throw a ball from the traditional, you know, arm so- socket and angle, and then other times you're coming down a little bit lower. Um, why do you think he was able to do that? Because it, it is an unbelievable manipulation of the football and the situation and having the knowledge to be able to pull that off. Other guys can't do that, but he can. I think it's just God-given ability. I mean, Rick, honestly, I think that that's where you see the baseball coming out. Um, I think the fact that he had the freedom to be able to do that. Um, I think maybe the fact that he wasn't this quarterback kid that was going to all of these different quarterback gurus, you know, and, and getting um, put into a box, you know what I mean? And being told, hey, you're throwing it wrong. You're doing it, you know, and he's playing football, basketball, and baseball. And so he's too busy to go do all those other deals. His favorite sport is whichever one's in season. I mean, that, that was his favorite <laughs> sport. It's whichever one he is competing at right now. And I think that that kind of helped him out. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you're watching, you're like, man, he's, he's doing nothing in physics tells us that's supposed to – he's be, supposed to be able to do that. But I think it's some of those throws that you make, you know, as a shortstop when you're going, you're, you're getting backhanding a ball. Um, I think that when you're running out now, I mean, it just – you see all of those things, the no-look pass passes that he's done from basketball and those guys that group of kids with Patrick you know those buddies that he has that are man those guys are tight I mean they him and his high school buddies are very close they competed all the stinking time I mean they were always looking for a ball staying at each other's houses playing basketball till late late hours at night and I mean he just loves to compete and I think that's another thing Rick is just watching him I mean he just loves it like a kid and and uh, I think as long as Patrick's able to keep it like that you know what I mean and have fun with it I think that's the key you know what I mean to have some longevity is you got to enjoy what you're doing um I think he enjoys doing film studies you know studying defenses learning about them and so you know I mean he's just I think he enjoys that sport and and, and some fun watching him do it Interesting that when you go into the record books at Texas Tech and with the Kansas City Chiefs and you look at all the passing and running quarterback statistics, you'll see Patrick's name at the top of the list on almost everything. First to do this, first to do that. One that really jumps out to me is the only quarterback in history to throw for over 5,000 yards in a single season in both college and in the NFL. Did you envision that he could do this on the highest level? Uh, you know, all right. So that's funny. So, you know, big Pat, a lot of times I remember, you know, when he's signing to go to Texas tech and uh, we're talking about a big Pat said, coach, you know, he got away with some of that stuff in high school, but there's no way he's going to be doing it in college. No way. And, um, you know, he goes to college and he's doing it. He's still, you know, running around, throwing it on the run, throwing across his body, doing all this crazy stuff. Uh, well, fast forward, uh, we're at his draft party and same scenario. He said, coach, I know I said he couldn't do it at the college level, but he ain't going to be able to do that at the NFL. He's going to change his game, you know, but he's continued to be able to do it. And, you know, I think that if Patrick were given that uh, opportunity a long time ago, I could see how he's going to be able to do that. I mean, there's no doubt if football is the route that he goes, he could break every single record. I mean, you talked about waiting on that video to come in. I mean, that was like video game stuff that, that we were doing. And, you know, with the stats and stuff, it was so crazy. You know, when you put the tempo that we were running at and him and his, uh, you know, cerebral um, – 
ability to do those things so fast, you know, and make those quick decisions and then see the field the way that he does just allowed him to have those. Now, as the game sped up, you kind of thought that they would kind of, you know, come down a little bit, maybe not 5,000 at both those levels, but I mean, he continues to amaze us. I mean, there it's like, I guess that's the fun thing about watching Patrick too, because there's that side of everyone that says, oh yeah, you know, when he was younger, you know, we saw it, but there's that part of us that, did we really think he could do it like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, we thought he could win some games, be successful, get around the right team and have the right guys. But did we really think that, you know, when all of his receivers were going out and he's down to the last ones he got, is he going to continue to do what he's always done, which is make everybody around him better? And he's continued to do that and continue to deal it out. And so while yet I, I knew that he could be successful, maybe not at that level. I mean, maybe, you know, you thought the video game numbers would stop at some point, you know, and now it's like, uh, it may not ever stop, you know, with what he and Kelsey and Andy Reid and those guys have. So it's just it's going to be fun to watch. He's really taken your family to places you probably never thought you'd ever go, right? You know, I, I think about you and your beautiful wife going up there in 2019 in the brutal cold uh, to see history and see the Chiefs finally win a playoff game for the first time in a long time and then obviously going to the Super Bowl. But there was no way you were going to miss that, were you? That, that real cold day when – they got that victory in the playoffs and and stopped the curse. In yes, Kansas sir. City. So that's it. So after talking to all the people from Kansas City, um, you know, throughout the I guess the the years, and they really believed that curse. I mean, they came down. Um, I can't remember. It was right before that game. Um, there were two or three of them, and they spent the day with us. We kind of walked them around, showed them what White House was about. But I'm telling you, Rick, like they really believe that, and these are guys who have grown up you know, in Kansas City their whole life. And they're just like, they're hopeful, but they're still this in the back of their mind, man, can we get over this? And I remember telling them, I'm coming to that game. And so Julie and I got on and I called my uncle. Uh, and so Julie and I and our two boys and my uncle and my father-in-law, we all loaded up and made that trek up there. We couldn't even see Arrowhead when we got there. It was snowing so bad that day. <laughs> I mean, we were, we were driving in there about 10 miles an hour. I mean, it was, it was, bad cold we see people coming in with cardboard boxes and we're like what in the world are they coming in with this cardboard well they put it down on concrete to stand on it to, to kind of warm themselves up a little bit and but to be there for that first win i mean we got we got in the vehicle and left right after again snow we couldn't hardly see where we were going and all but rick i wasn't going to miss that for anything because they really believe that but i believed he was going to win that game and so, yeah, it was just a special time. Um, you know, as an athletic director, it's hard to make those times because you're you're in basketball. You got soccer going on now, you know, and you've got all these things, and it's just – and so, man, I've got to do a better job of slowing down and really, you know, taking the time to enjoy those, those opportunities when they come up. And, yes, Patrick's taking me on that ride. And, you know, I got to go there and be there and see it live. Uh, I remember getting on my phone and trying to do as much as I could on FaceTime Live. Uh, you know, uh, or Facebook Live so that people could see it because I felt like, man, there's so many people there that came along this ride. So I remember his aunt, um, Jill, taught my two boys. She taught here at one of the elementaries here in White House. And, um, you know, I remember his first game we're talking and I, she said, you know, I asked him what his favorite thing about it was. You know, his favorite thing was his first game to come out as on a start, Rick, was coming out of the tunnel. Coming out of the tunnel was the best thing. And so, like, how many video clips do you show on a Friday night and here they come out? You know, Patrick, yeah. 
the hammer for the White House. Why? I mean, again, back to that kid thing. And so I can remember trying to capture that for as many people as I could, you know, because we, we actually got our tickets down there close to where we could be there. And, uh, you know, so he's taken so many other people, Rick, on that ride. And, you know, it, it to me, it extends outside of just White House. It goes to, you know, the Dallas Metroplex and everyone that's ever covered this kid is like he's taking us all on this ride. And it's like, man, it's just it's been it's been amazing. And, uh, you know, it's been a true blessing to do it, you know, and then to get to go to the Super Bowl and Cliff to be the guy, you know, what I mean, to get me a ticket and all and be sitting there in that in a baseball coaching meeting whenever I get this text from, hey, coach, I heard you're looking for a ticket, you know, and his dad's ties to Texas high school sports. And, you know, Cliff's comment to me at the time was, coach, he may go to, you know, a dozen of these Super Bowls, but he's only going to go to one and and he's going to only win a first one and you need to be at that one, you know, and just, I mean, that was just an awesome time, Uh, you know, the the ride that he's taking us on and, you know, watching my mom, uh, Rick, my mom never watched ESPN the NFL network or anything until Patrick Mahomes. I mean, she's, I'm, I'm walking in the door. I got up this morning. We're staying with mom while we're building this house out here. And mom was like, Tom Brady just retired. I mean, every time I walk in, she's been retired <laughs> and it's been so fun. So Patrick Mahomes has taken so many people on this ride. My mom's little Sunday school class. Those ladies love to watch Patrick. I mean, they text about the chiefs every week. She was telling me about some signs I need to print out and get in the yard today, but Patrick's taking us all on a pretty fun ride. Well, that was a pretty special moment in Super Bowl number 54 in Miami. You're down there with the whole White House contingency, you and Patrick's uh, old former teammates and having a great time down in Miami. And it was history for the Kansas City Chiefs, their first Super Bowl in 50 years. And there's a great moment. I-, I know you became close with LA Times NFL writer Sam Farmer, who is a legend in our business. And he sent you video of what Patrick was saying on the biggest stage about the support that he got from you and his former teammates. Let's listen in. Sam Farmer of the LA Times here. Uh, you had three of your high school friends or a few of your high school friends at the game. You got your high school coach here. Does it feel that removed from White House, Texas? I mean, it seems like it has come together very quickly. And you have a connection to that area. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I've been blessed to be in great communities uh, growing up, uh, going to, uh, in White House, Texas, and then going to college in Lubbock, Texas, and then being in Kansas City. and been around a lot of great people that have supported me all the way through. And uh, you said it, I mean, I have my high school coach here. I have uh, a lot of my high school friends at the game, and uh, they showed me support all the way through, and I'm just glad that they were here for this moment. Well, Adam, definitely a crowning moment to be a Super Bowl MVP, and he's up there talking about how special you guys are and how cool it was that you were there supporting him. What did that mean to you? It meant a lot. You know, Sam Farmer – he and I kind of uh, developed a really good relationship uh, when he came down to do an interview. Um, you and you and Sam, I think, are a lot alike, you know, just in our conversations <laughs> a while ago about Texas high school football and how you, you know, I mean, that's what you like covering. You know, you've covered all these, and that, that's just Sam. It's that story that nobody else kind of knows or whatever. And um, so he and I developed a really good bond. Uh, I actually went and saw him a couple years ago. He took me out to the Rose Bowl and showed me, gave me a grand tour of that. But Sam's a great, great guy. And he had been telling me kind of leading up this. We took us on Radio Row. So we went and saw uh, Callen, uh, Colin Coward Howard, and yep. uh, got to uh, kind of talk to him in between. I think Sam was really trying to get me on the show. 
but it just didn't work out. But I still got to talk to him a little bit and he gave me a little shout out, you know, but that, that, it was so cool. We met so many people, you know, there, uh, Marshall Foggers. There's a ton of people that Sam was very instrumental in that. But one of the things Sam had told us when we first got down there, we stayed at the same little condominium that, that Sam was staying at, you know, and he actually, Sam actually offered for me to be able to stay there. Well, Julie flew down with me to Miami. She didn't go to the game, um, she, but she did go, you know, and get to see a lot of the stuff during Media Row. So Radio Row. So we went to that, you know, leading up to the Super Bowl. Man, what an amazing thing. All these podcasts that are going on, you know, all at once. And, you know, it was it was a very cool experience. And Sam was, you know, the one who allowed us to have that. Well, he kept telling us, he kept saying, hey, you know, if Patrick wins MVP, you know, they're going to have this deal over at such and such hotel and da-da-da-da-da. And um, he said, you going you gonna to go with me? I said, okay, yeah, man, we'll do that. So I'm actually sitting there beside – you know, Sam, when he's recording that. And so like when we first went in back to the whole phone thing and back to the whole pictures and stuff and Julie, my wife, man, she's my rock. And she's done a great job of telling me just to be in the moment, you know, just suck it up, you know, soak it all in. And so I don't have my phone out, Rick. I'm just sitting there like watching. And that's what Sam actually videotaped when he had asked, you know, the question to Patrick and man, just what a special moment to be able to, you know what I mean? Be in there and, and Sam to ask him that question, you know, and then send me the video. Cause I was just trying to take it in and just watch this high school kid that we had all seen now doing, you know, getting the, the Super Bowl MVP after he led them back in a game that, you know, I mean, it looked like they were down and Cliff and I are sitting there looking at one another and um, you know, we set up there close together and um, there's actually a grandmother with a grandson that was actually in between the two of us. And I remember talking to them about Patrick and the little boys asking all these questions and this and that. Well, they're down, you know, 49ers are up on them. And me and Cliff are like, man, these people don't know Patrick. They have no clue. Like, this game is not over. And then he goes, he comes back. And then there Julie and I are the very next day. And, man, that was just a great, you know, thing to be there. Very humbling. Again, I go back to the fact, you know, I don't know that I had a whole lot to do in Patrick's, you know, you know, success and what he's done, but I'm very thankful and grateful for the opportunity to do that and to be there when he got that, to see him and Andy Reid on that stage when they got the, uh, you know, Lombardi trophy was a pretty cool deal to see them there in that post game and to be talking to, you know, Sam the first day that we get there, you know, we sent, spent three or four days there in Miami leading up to the game and he had kind of told us, hey, this is where we're going to go. Um, I never will forget when we first got there too, they pointed me out to one of the guys that worked for the Ravens, big, tall basketball player. He's probably about six, seven. And they said, he's the guy, uh, since he's tall, he, he has the job of getting the MVP trophy and taking it out to whoever wins it. And I'm like, he's like, man, I'm hoping. We, and, you know, it's so crazy because all these people wanted Patrick to win. And he's like, man, I'm hoping it's him. You know, I'm really pulling for him. We've watched the way that he's done things, the way that he carries himself. We love what he's doing for the NFL, and we're hoping he's there. And then to be over there, be there, Rick, for all that – Man, I can't, you know, say enough of that, you know, how grateful I am. The picture that I sent to you with the kids was actually, um, it was at the end of the game. I went down and found those guys because we were in a different area where we were at. And then we, one of our local reporters there from, from Tyler is actually from Kansas City. He happened to be there, Michael Coleman. Uh, that's who my wife watched the game with, was his wife. And so anyway, we met up, I brought the, got the guys over there and he did an interview with them. Man, it was just, it was a neat experience to be able to be there and be a part of that, you know, something that started here in White House, Texas with Patrick playing football. Amazing. And, and I know you've been so close 
uh, to Patrick's family over the years, his grandma, who always enjoyed playing, going to those games. Uh, and how about his wife, his high school sweetheart, who he ended up marrying? Uh, Brittany, you taught her in math class back in her freshman year. You know, we sense such a groundness about Patrick and such a mission. And, and it's almost like he's grown up beyond his years. But having that special relationship, um, you know, with his high school sweetheart and marrying her, do you think that that helped him be so grounded in everything that he does? No doubt. You know, I mentioned to you earlier about this land that my father-in-law bought and all this and that. And my brother-in-law just retired from the Navy. And so he's actually going to be moving here. We're, we're all building out here. Uh, my wife and I grew up a mile apart, Rick. She was my high school sweetheart. So, yes, yeah, she's kept me grounded. So I, I know exactly what that's like. Um, Brittany uh, Mahomes is one tough cookie. Uh, she's a smart girl. And, yeah, I mean, I think that has helped him grounded. You know, I was talking to a reporter just the other day about how um, – I think LeBron James had married his high school sweetheart. And you take those guys that go on and have that success, and sometimes they question, hey, why is somebody here? What is it they want? What are their alternatives? So I think for him, yeah, that's helped keep him grounded. Uh, and I think she's been good for him. She's a tough cookie. Being an athlete is not you know, easy when you're going on the road and you've got these hostile environments and all. And she's she's been there with him through that all. And you know, now to watch them with their two beautiful kids and the family that they're you know, making – um, it's been really fun and special to watch. Yeah, and you look at the Super Bowl matchup, it's the <clears> first time we've seen two African-American quarterbacks going at it. But, you know, when I look at Jalen Hurts, uh, who grew up in the greater Houston area at Channel View High School and did big things there, uh, like Patrick did at White House, you know, two Texas high school quarterbacks going at it. But the common denominator between both these guys, strong fathers, and do you think that has a lot to do with the the coolness that we see at these two with these two guys at such a young age? Yeah, no doubt. You know, I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day, and he he's got a daughter that's dating a guy, and they're looking to <clears throat> maybe get married. And he's made the comment. He said, "Hey, he checks all the boxes, but he just doesn't have any confidence." And you know, I've kind of been dwelling on that and thinking back to that because these are two guys that are very confident. And I think that's because of the support that they have. You know, I think that, you know, confidence comes with the support that you have. And I, and I do believe that the testament of these men in their lives and what they've done has shown, uh, you know, through through these two guys, two men, grown men now that are going to play in the Super Bowl, um, you know, and they both have had their share of adversity, uh, three star, you know, whatever it be for Patrick, you know, I don't know how many stars Jalen had, but I know to go to Alabama, he had to have quite a <laughs> that story. And then Four come, stars. <laughs> yeah, and then to come on the sideline and then come back in, you know, in the game the way that he did and the character there. Um, you know, I, I remember uh, one time, uh, you know, and I know she won't mind me saying this, um, but Patrick's aunt had told me one time, she said, you know, that um, it was early on in Patrick's time at Tech. <clears throat> it might have been after the UTEP game and he wasn't playing and they weren't having a ton of success, you know, and it's him and Webb and, you know, and she said, I think she sent out in a group text something about him leaving, you know, and transferring. You know, we talked about transfer for her. And Big Pat, she said, came on there real quick. He's like, no, we're not. We're going to compete and we're going to stay. And I think that in both of these competitors, you know, I mean, their dad, their, those men in their lives have been very instrumental in that, you know what I mean, and helping them become tough players um, to be able to overcome the adversities that they've had. I mean, again, Jalen, you look at the success he's having now, um, look back a couple of years ago and, you know, I mean, did you think he was going to be able to be here, you know, and overcome those things and those men and those leaders in, in those two guys' lives, I think have been very instrumental, Rick, in allowing them to be where they are today. 
Yeah, nothing phases either one of those guys, no matter what the situation. As you look at this game, how do you see the Super Bowl playing out in your mind? <laughs> Boy, I don't know. It's hard to – oh, man, it's hard. I'm not very good at making these predictions, you know. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I think that the the time off for Patrick is definitely going to help. Uh, we talked about earlier him playing and what a great competitor he is, but there's no doubt he's going to be better if he's got, you know, uh, the whatever – percentage he can get back to being 100 percent you know is, is going to be good for him um Jalen I know is going to compete well um the receivers seeing how they come back and then if they're able to play again and if for Patrick I think that's going to be huge but I think we're going to see a great game I think we're going to see two great competitors go out there and put everything on the line um you know and I mean I I just can't ever count out Patrick Mahomes I mean I just, he's always He's going to be in the game. He's going to compete. But I, I look for it to be a really good game. I mean, I, I think that it's two great teams that are matching up with each other, and it's going to be fun to watch. I, mean, I can't wait to sit down and watch it. I actually – I'll be flying back in from Seattle um, that Saturday, and so then I'll get home and we'll watch it here with my family and all. My mom, I know she's going to be fired up, ready to go watching this game, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I, I predict it's going to be a good competitive game. How about this team that Patrick has this year? You know, Tyreek, the freak hill, uh, who went to Oklahoma State, um, absolute superstar. They lose him in free agency to Miami. And Patrick really doesn't have the weapons that he's had in the past. And yet here he is, you know, in the biggest game. Did it surprise you that this particular Kansas City Chief uh, team was able to get this far? Uh, no, I mean, it really didn't. I, I think that, you know, no doubt Tyreek is a, like you said, a freak. I mean, he he does things on the field that no one else can do. I mean, to get the nickname the Cheetah, I mean, that that says a lot. There's only one Cheetah, and that's Tyreek Hill, you know. And, and But that's, again, it's a profession. Um, those decisions were made. That's going to happen throughout Patrick's career. I mean, the, those guys are going to come in and out. Uh, hopefully a few of them stay. I got a feeling that him and Kelsey are going to be the two staples there on that offensive side. These new linemen that they got in there, boy, we need to keep those hogs in there as well, um, you know. But those those things are going to change. But, no, I mean, I knew that Patrick is, Patrick's done a great job, again, of making everyone around him better. Um, you know, and, and next man up. And um, he did that when he was in high school. I mean, I've watched him in seven on sevens throw it. And some guys, you hadn't, you couldn't do anything but catch the ball. I mean, the way that he put it on you, like you just had to catch it. Like he, he, he drilled you with it, you know, and uh, it stuck to you. But the, all those guys, um, you know, you don't get to the NFL without having some talent. And so if they've got any talent at all, Patrick's going to bring that, the most of it out, and then some. And that's what he did because he just – he makes people around him believe. I mean, you know, it's just – I don't know. It's just something about him, the confidence back to that he has that you just believe. And so, you know, it 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 was something that I was interested to see. All right, how's this going to play out because he's not going to have the deep threat because that's really the main thing. I mean, you know, uh, the cheat has been able to take the top off of it and he's been able to clear a lot of people out of there, you know, to open up some things for Kelsey. But I think Andy Reid and his staff have been very creative in what they've done and spreading the ball out. And I think it's probably made Patrick better. Uh, you know, and again, that goes back to him studying film, learning, figuring out what he has to do. Um, it takes some time for those receivers to figure out how to play with him. I still believe that with everything in me. I, I think you can't just bring a receiver in there and all of a sudden they know 
all right, what he's doing, what he's thinking. They did sit down with some of his high school buddies and he can tell them because it still kind of goes back to that, you know, um, knowing which ways to run. Coach Surratt used to say this all the time to us. He said, Cook, you the best, you know, uh, uh, team out there with the scramble drill on, you know, and he just kind of make fun. Coach Surratt, Scott Surratt at Carthage was actually my junior high coach. And so I love Coach Surratt. He was actually the first one to call me, Rick, when I got the job as the head coach and congratulated me. Uh, I remember him calling Cookie, only in America, only in America. But, I mean, you talk about a legend here in Texas high school football. And uh, But, yeah, once those guys figure out how to run that scramble drill with Patrick, um, you know, they're pretty deadly with it. Scott Surratt, I don't even know where he's going to put the next ring. I mean, he's kind of running out of fingers, isn't he? He is, man, and I, he's not done. I mean, he just – what he's not <laughs> able to do that. I mean, you talk about confidence and you talk about that. That was one thing, you know, again, as a young seventh-grade athlete, he taught me how to be confident in this. I mean, you just believed. I mean, he calls plays – you know this. I mean, he calls plays where most people get fired. <laughs> their own territory, fourth and 30-something, and, man, they just find a way to get it. And that those, but it's because those guys believe when he makes those calls. And I mean, you know, they come over to the sideline and they're looking at our right, coach, what are we going to do? And when you get that, man, it's something special. And it's hard to stop. So, I mean, he's going to start putting them on his toes before long, you know? And I mean, I hope he continues to do that. You know, he's got a son coming up in jet and it's going to be fun to watch him coach his son and see what they're able to do together. But man, I love watching coach the rat and what he's done. Not to go off on a tangent, but you can never talk too much. Scott Surratt, guy's unbelievable. He's doing things we've never seen in this state's history. Now, looking at you, you're one of the most respected coaches uh, by the Texas high school coaches out there. Uh, and I know you've been a great administrator as an AD, and now you're out of the game. So tell us, what, what are you doing these days besides just going to Patrick's games? Yeah, you know, whenever we went to the Super Bowl, really, it kind of opened up my eyes to a lot of different things, Rick. And, um, you know, I'm not coaching kids anymore. Uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I had at White House, um, you know, to be the athletic director and to do uh, those things. But, I mean, it's not the same as coaching kids. Um, you know, my father passed away, I guess, after my first year at White House when I was back when I was coaching quarterbacks uh, 16 years ago. Uh, my mother-in-law passed away about eight or nine years ago. And so, like, my mom's here. My father-in-law's here in this area. And so, just life's different. I'm in a different season now. And so, I'm excited about getting to slow down, you know. Uh, I'm actually flying up to Seattle. I'm going to work for one of my best friends from high school, along with this printing thing that we're doing here uh, with my brother-in-law. And I called him one day, and I'm asking him, I'm like, John, man, you know, I'm used to getting up at 3.30 every morning and, like, just knocking everything out. Like, I've got to, you know, and – now it's like I'm learning, all right, man, to slow down. And, you know, COVID, going to the Super Bowl kind of opened up my eyes to all that, of seeing that. And, and I really think, Rick, honestly, uh, I mean, I love high school coaches. They are my hero. You know, what they do, I'll say this. Uh, I told, you know, someone on our school board just the other day that, you know, coaching and teaching is more than just a job. I mean, it's a calling. And there's better jobs out there. And I don't mean that, but it just is. When you're looking at a job, things that it gives you financially, time-wise, and all that – and so now I'm kind of getting to go into this other season and really enjoy it. Uh, I got a Bible verse that I send out every single morning to a long list of people and players are in there. Patrick's one of them. And I had one earlier this week, one of my sent about children and all. Uh, and it's just whatever I happen to be reading that day, Rick. And he sent me a, a text in this group text. He's, like, he's one of our former backup quarterbacks. And uh, he's like, he said, Coach, man, that, that was the right time. You know, I'm about to have a son. You know, and just – 
I mean, you know, I've got players that are having kids now being able to stop now and see some of that because I never did stop and take pictures. You're asking for pictures. It's because you had that next season. I mean, we talk about what Patrick did at Tech, and, yeah, I saw it when I DVR'd it and watched it. But, honestly, we were trying to win a game, you know, that week. We're trying to, you know, figure out how to beat Jacksonville or Hallsville or whoever it is, you know. And so you just don't take time to really stop and enjoy that. And so for me right now, I think with the timing of not coaching kids, it just made it a lot easier for this transition with my brother-in-law moving here and all. And so I'm going to sit back now and watch. Um, we are printing, man. We printed the funny thing is that those big heads, we've printed more of those than anything. And <laughs> so we've been printing a lot of things for different sports teams and stuff, just photos that guys take. And it's been fun. You know, that keeps me plugged into it as crazy as that sounds. Um, you know, I've got a local photographer here that takes pictures at a lot of Lindell games. And um, we started this poll thing that I did where I would um, take several of his pictures that he would get at a Lindo game and put them up and let the fans vote on them. Whichever one they voted on, I gave him a print to give to them, you know, <laughs> player or whatever. Man, we had so much fun with that. But he had the band in there, the drill team, again, back to everything about that. And to hear the parents when they get them back. I mean, it's just – I mean, I'm, I'm going to stay plugged in somehow, Rick, like two – those sports. I've got a son that's a freshman here, plays football at White House, plays track, you know, he runs track, he throws the discus. And so it's going to be fun to watch them, but it's going to be fun to slow down. You know, I don't get those crazy phone calls at night. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I don't miss that. My blood pressure's better, Rick. And, you know, uh, I'm just, I'm looking forward to this next season with my bride. You don't have to worry about the bathrooms not working. You don't have to worry about yeah. the popcorn machine not working in the press box. None of that stuff anymore. Well, yeah. Adam, Thank you so much for doing this. Such a pleasure to talk to you. You're one of the great storytellers and great coaches. I've always enjoyed covering you over these years. And enjoy the Super Bowl. It's going to be fun to watch Patrick. And uh, I know you have a big stake in all that. Enjoy the game. Hey, Rick, good luck to you. And as God closes the door, man, he's going to open another one up. If there's anything I can do, like I said, Rick, my hat's off to you. There are just very few people that – you know, when again, when I hear your voice, man, it's <laughs> football and it's small town Texas to big time. And we appreciate what you do for that because, man, these kids need something positive. You know, not they're not the likelihood of them going on and doing what Patrick's done is not very, very high. But you create that with what you do and the way that you cover them. So I just pray that you get to continue to do that. And if there's any way that I can help in any way, please let me know, Rick. And thanks again for this opportunity. Thanks so much, man. You're going to make me cry. Hey. Uh, no, no, I appreciate it. I love this stuff, man. It's, it's good. I love this high school football and everything. appreciate this opportunity, Rick. Well, you turn into a media mo a mongol here. I mean, you got a lot of stuff coming up, uh, you know, with uh, all these morning shows. Enjoy the ride, my man. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, Rick. Thank you, buddy.